Hello, everybody. Welcome to Griplock Foundation Discuss Weekly Podcast. I'm Zach, and this is Hunter. And today, we are going to be going over predictions for the 2020 season, um, and then some early predictions. But first, I'm going to throw it over to Hunter, who's going to do two off the tee. Hunter, explain it to him. Yeah, so if you're new here, two off the tee is how we start off every single podcast. Basically, we get one question from social media, uh, whether it be Reddit, Instagram, somewhere like that. We answer that one, and the second off the tee comes live from the chat board. So go ahead and start firing questions away that you want us to answer, and Zach will pick one uh, for us to discuss to start the show off. So this uh, first off the tee comes from Instagram user Josiah Jenkins underscore seven. Uh, he asked, what tournament are you most excited to watch this year? Um, I probably should have thought of this before we started the podcast. Ledgestone, the because first. I'll be there. That's true. Uh, Ledgestone, I'm not going to have the same one as Zach, but that's a valid one. So, Ledgestone, um, one I'm looking forward to the most. You know, to be honest with you, what I'm, I think currently I'm looking forward to college nationals the most which is a weird answer, but I'm driving down there. It's going to be my first time in four years, not playing. It's weird. And I'm just looking forward to watching that. I think it's going to be a great battle. Uh, it's going to be in Rock Hill, which is going to be a new location. Um, playing at Winthrop, I think is, I think both, I think Champ Flight only plays at, at Winthrop. There's two courses at Winthrop. Um, like I don't Coliseum. Yeah. And in general, I'm just excited for that tournament. I think I'm excited for coverage of like, worlds and majors and stuff like that but there's something different about being there in person and so the only two i would be at in person this year is college nationals and ledgestone so i'll go i'll go college nationals is a weird answer okay this i'm not gonna uh, i probably shouldn't even bring it up <laughs> someone asked why we get so many dislikes and someone said because it's because we break uh twigs well we'll be responding to that in uh our next video okay um let's see Zach, what are you doing? You're getting better. Literally nothing. I probably <laughs> played less than I did than we than we did in the beginning. <sighs> As he's looking for a second off the tee, um, unfortunately, there will be no Jeff's corner this week uh, as Jeff is currently stuck in traffic. Um, we actually don't really know where he is. I think he's in California um, prepping to start his season. Uh, but so, yeah, no Jeff's corner. Zach and I will just have to take it like, like we used to and... Uh, the good old days so we're a little underprepared for that section because normally jeff comes with lots of stats and information um but we'll make it through there so we have a second off the tee do you think that standstill tee off is beneficial for learning form absolutely i yeah. agree uh when when you basically a standstill is like from where you plant your last foot in an x step on and if something's messed up there it doesn't matter how your footwork is or Sorry. how anything is um it's going to be messed up and uh, a lot of times your X step itself can be a huge part of the problem when you're trying to learn, uh, when you're trying to learn form. So I absolutely think throwing standstill is the only way to really start off uh, at the very beginning. Champ flight does not only play at Winthrop, Canaan and Winthrop. Canaan and Winthrop. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I, I think they play Canaan and, um, I don't know. I don't know if they play Lakefront or Coliseum, but uh, it is interesting that there's two courses at Winthrop as we kind of transition into the college disc golf segment. Um, I know. Th I think the Lakefront course is there normally on on campus, and the Coliseum yeah. course is being designed for for nationals. Okay, um, but I've heard Lakefront is like. Yeah, I've heard it's not it's not great, but I mean it is. It's a course. I don't know. Um, and it's going to be cool regardless to play at Winthrop. Uh, even though it won't be the USCGC course, the ropes won't be up. They might have some ropes up. I don't know. 
but just to to be there and to have uh, hopefully that will give it more of a major feel i think the move last year to idgc kind of started that transition to where it felt more like a real tournament um and hopefully this continues um one thing i will say that uh i've heard kind of through the grapevine that i wish wasn't true was um the lack of vending at nationals because yeah. it's an end of a controlled tournament which i fully get um but i've heard that like i i can't say like exactly which companies won't be there um well, but who was but, there last year? Only Innova. Only Innova. But again, I think it's only going to be Innova, but I've heard from other companies, not Discraft, I haven't heard about Discraft, but other companies trying to be there and kind of being shut down. I don't know how truthful that is because I heard it through the grapevine, but that's kind surprised. of uh, it's kind of upsetting from the fact that it's an AM major. And so as an amateur going there, uh, I would want... You know, I'd want to be able to go to the Prodigy tent, the Discmania tent, the Discraft tent. They just tent, want everyone to spend their tent. money, obviously, at there. So. No, and I fully get it because they're, they're controlling the tournament. They're running the tournament. They're yeah. putting all the work into the tournament. Um, I don't know. That's the only thing that I'm... If I had to pick a bone, it'd be that one. But everything else, I think, leading up to it, it's looking great. Uh, we did see the updated team rankings come out. Um, which I guess I'll just run through these really fast. Yep. So it looks like we have NC State holding their position atop uh, the collegiate rankings in first place. Missouri coming in second so far. Ferris State third. Liberty making a jump up to fourth. They were in sixth on the last update. Cincinnati. Uh, then we have Missouri S&T in sixth. North Alabama in seventh. Kansas State in... I don't know where I jumped one, but Kansas State in ninth. And North Texas in tenth. Um, you only have nine teams up there. Do I only have nine teams? That would explain why I jumped one. Uh, so... That's really annoying. Uh, <laughs> is there really only nine? I just counted it. Yeah, there is only nine. Okay. We still don't see any Oregon teams up here yet. Yeah, Did they not play yet? They must not have. I know that the there are some West Coast um, college tournaments coming up here soon. Okay. So that might be kind of when oh. their, their season kicks oh, off. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Another thing that uh, is not on the website was women's team rankings. They have women's individual rankings, which the individual rankings did not seem to be updated at all. It looked to be the exact same. Um so I don't know when they're planning on updating that. It might take a few more tournaments for them to update it because it might not be like enough information kind of thrown in there. Um, but the as far as the the top five of the the guys bracket goes, anything surprising to you at all? Uh, nope. Yeah, I was gonna nope. say <laughs> uh, this is about where I think we even talked about this. I said that Liberty was better than sixth, but they weren't a top three team. Yeah. Um, I think I, I might have said they were third. I think I yeah. might have said I could see them finishing third. Um. Missouri, I don't know much about, but I, I mean, NC State and Ferris State, I think, are, are still the two front runners. NC State did have that, that blemish against Liberty on their home courses, but uh, we talked about that some last week. It, they're going to be a tough team to take down, especially considering it's going to be Carolina Golf. It's going to be um, in Charlotte. Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be tough um t- i think to to compete with them this year and then next or the few upcoming tournaments we have the emu royals qualifier we have the west coast that's on the uh 29th yeah the west coast collegiate open is on the 22nd and then the northwest collegiate invitational um it's march 7th that's on the college disc golf website but it on pdga it's on the 29th of february um so we were missing number nine and Which Clemson, Clemson was number nine yeah I, was, I, I didn't know where, because I knew North Texas was 10th because there was another, uh, I can't remember the team below them, but I think it was another Texas team and 11th. So I was like, where am I missing a team? But yeah, Clemson, that, that does make that, sense. Maybe that's a little, uh, that seems low to me. But I guess they Clemson, haven't been playing that well, right? I don't think they played that much. Okay. I think they, because um, I think when they came to, when they went to Dean's Cup, I think they had uh, some of their last year's team there. 
when they came to our tournament, I don't think they had their full team. I think they had some of their like B team okay. players. Um, and I don't know about NC State if they had their full team or not. I saw that I believe Miles Turner finished pretty high. He was for Clemson. I think he tied for third at the NC State tournament. Um, so I would imagine he's probably one of their one of their top players. And I think, to my knowledge, Sam is returning to, for Clemson. He'll okay. be one of their core players. The other two, I'm not sure how they're going to fill in. Um, but with Clemson, Clemson's really going to feel at home. Right. With it being in Charlotte, they're going to be really close to there. And I think that they'll probably finish a little bit higher than their ranking ranking says if they stay around eighth or ninth. But their their tournament's coming up here in March normally. The Tiger Town Throwdown is so after that tournament that that tournament they'll probably have their full lineup and we'll get a better taste of what Clemson's bringing to the table this year. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I think that it. I think what we see here for the rankings is not like it's it's never the same. You know how it uh, turns up. No, it's tough. So. Rankings for college disc golf is is tough because. Not everyone's playing the same uh, amount of tournaments. They're not fa- like the Southeast is always very heavy tournament-wise, to where we can play four or five, six times a year um, and be facing similar teams. And sometimes those are the top teams. Whereas the West Coast, you know, tournaments seem to be few and far between. Some of them I've hear- heard aren't sanctioned and stuff like that, to where they're not even on the College Disc Golf website, and that there's a lot of like leagues that go on and um, different things that Jeff's told us, but. Um, there's always you know when you're looking at the top 10 you'll notice there's very rarely west coast teams in there um and that's just it's not really a fault of anything specific it's just where our sport where the college disc golf scene is currently yeah and how the rankings work but you know come nationals you you have to factor in normally at least two to three west coast teams into this top 10 yeah Uh, where they fit i don't know this year but you, you always have to factor them in when you're going to nationals i agree um so now yeah, we weren't to Jeff yet. Disc golf news. The world rankings were released. Um, you want to talk about what they updated? Yeah. So the world rankings, um, when I first read this, it was on the homepage. It said like updates to rankings format. I was like, oh, they changed how rankings work. Um, but no, it's the world rankings, which to be honest with you, I'd never really paid attention that it was a different thing. Um, but at the end of every year, they release like a world rankings. Um, so they changed it to where uh, they're dropping kind of like the worst performance i think they're making fun of you <laughs> r-a-n-k-i-n-s i don't know what that spells it's rankings without the g rankings oh mm. ouch um <laughs> so world rankings they normally update at the end of each year they're they're the updating thing is um they're adding a drop in so, for instance, um, there I can't remember the exact categories, but there's like five. One is your player ranking. One is how you finished at Worlds. One is the National Tour slash Euro Tour. One's the Pro Tour, and one's USDGC. So, for instance, Paul was first, 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 64th at USDGC. So, 64th dropped off. Uh, Ricky's, I forget which one dropped. Oh, USDGC dropped for Ricky because he wasn't there. Um, and so, that kind of added, added in a, a different thing to it that where... Um, you don't have to worry about one bad performance dragging you down. And a player like Chris Dickerson, who never traveled, you know, west of, I think Kansas was as far west as he went last year. He was still in the top five because of because of a rule like this. So they updated that. Um, and they also updated it to be updated three times a year now, uh, as well as the end of the year. So I think once a quarter is what we're seeing now um, going forward. The world rankings will be updated 
Uh, to me, there wasn't much of a surprise. We saw Paul at the top of the men's field and Pierce at the top of the women's. So field. this was from 2019, right? Yeah, this is okay. last year's world rank. I don't think that what I don't think they're not. They don't display like the actual world rankings right now because I don't think I I'd yeah, where would I I'd put Rick at like eight right now, like I I don't think that he right now is going to be at that high of level. Another thing that was interesting is the their world ranking, like player ranking number, their their world rating, I guess is how we'll call it, is different than their player rating. So what they do is these tournaments that oh. uh that they use to qualify for these points, they average um I think for like pro tours and stuff, they take like the top four and they average your rounds across all of these. And then what those averages are, so it's less than goes into your actual player rating. What those averages are generate your world rating or world ranking rating. I don't know what the technical name is. This is today was my first day learning about half of this. Um, I don't know how I never noticed it as a player, but I never really did or, or paid much attention to it. But for instance, Paul's world ranking is 1055. Uh-huh. Uh, and I believe Ricky's was in the close to 1040 range. There wasn't a huge drastic difference on a lot of other players, but Paul's was five points lower, which was surprising to me considering a lot of the tournaments that he plays, he's very picky and choosy, uh, were included on there. So that was, uh, that was pretty surprising to me. I- I'm texting who is going to be our, uh, our live, um, our live fact checker. Well, at least <laughs> he's going to be for me. He told me he will. Because uh, Ethan said, I saw something about new rules about moving during your throw and something about no throw chaining. Would you talk about that? Did no it? throw chaining? Yeah, I don't know. That. I did not see either of those posts. Um, I don't know how I missed it because I'm normally very... I asked my fact checker if he's watching and he hasn't read it, so he might not be watching. Um, I'm normally very focused on like rules uh, and like how they're updating and changing, but um, I'll look into it uh for next week uh so we can talk about that a little bit more okay um and other disc golf news uh Are you talking about asia yeah i was gonna say i have written there tournament news because this is normally when we're in jeff's corner oh and, yeah uh, jeff brings us all the knowledge with um tournament news and you know results and ratings and what's coming up next week and uh stuff like that oh he said no throw changing is what he meant to say not chaining um, so normally we, we throw this over to Jeff, but, but we're going to throw it over to Zach. Who's got the, res- Zach. the so results of the Asia open. Um, so the w- disc golf world was surprised this past week by Jackie Chen, um, who came out hot. He won the tournament by one stroke over Nate Perkins. Then we had Philo Brathwaite coming in second as well, tied with Nate. And then Conrad came in fourth and then Manabu came in fifth so so jackie chan beat some top probably top 15 names i mean you got conrad up there probably top five so he beat some big names but this is what he shot this is his first ever tournament he had no rating he's never played a tournament before uh, or sanctioned tournament 1031 1049 1040 and that's about it so he came out he, his first ever rating is i believe 1040 on the dot uh yeah from what i saw um my phone's it, not gonna it's load. loading slowly, but yeah, ten forty. Yeah, uh, and Ulti World released an article today that I did see because I clicked on it because it was intriguing to me. The title of it was um, "We will like Jack. We'll never see another player like Jackie Chen, or or something something along those lines." And so I clicked on it because I was like, "What? What do you mean? We'll never see another player like him?" Like, um, but what they were saying was, uh, "Well, no, they're saying it's very unlikely that we'll see another player start with no rating." 
and have their first rating be 1040 or higher. And the reasoning they're saying that is because we're seeing the PDGA um, with like majors and elite series and pro tours and stuff like that put in this 900 rating cap. If you're not above 900, you can't register for the tournament. So in general, those are the only tournaments that you're going to be able to come in and have really strong ratings where you have a solid chance at 1040s or whatever coming in over your local C tier or your local B tier or something like that. Because, I mean, y'all play the same as I do to shoot a 1040 at a, a C or B tier. You'd have to shoot 18 up You're shooting out of your mind. It's insane. <laughs> um, especially if there's no big players. Like if you show up to a tournament and the highest rated player is 980 and you shoot 1040, you just had like a, a history round, but it's never going to be looked at because right. it was at a C tier. So that's what they're saying is a player with no rating, it's going to be very hard for them to have this like perfect storm come together where there are these three or four, you know, 1030 plus rated players. I think Monobu might be 1020 something, but 1020 plus rated players at the same tournament as you that you're able to beat, which will allow you to average 1040. Um, that's basically what the article was saying. And yeah, I mean, insane. Hopefully uh, from what Terry was saying, because Terry was doing coverage of this tournament and it seems like um, it seems like we will be able to see this after the uh, I've always mispronounced this Samui Swine Open. Sounds about right. Uh, it seems like the Asia Open will be coming here in the next few weeks um, in Terry's coverage from what he said. You're going to need that so. to explain this super chat that we just got. Cool. Uh, first of all, thank you for the ch- super chat. We appreciate that. And we will <laughs> get to your question right now. He said... Uh, question on thumb placement and pressure on drives. Where does your thumb go on the disc during a drive, and how much pressure are you pressing down? Okay. Thanks again. Yeah. Um, so thumb placement. Uh, in general, I think there's two different answers to this. Where, uh, and so I'm going to give you uh, both answers. The first is like a control driver throw. So for instance, this is a T-Bird. If I'm throwing this T-Bird, my thumb is about here. You can see where this rim comes in. I'm glad this is champion plastic because you can see the rim. It's just inside the rim. And pressure on any power grip, your pressure comes mainly from your thumb and your fingers digging in, and the pressure is pretty hard. Um, nothing like crazy when you're throwing like this, but like no one's ripping this disc out of my hand, basically is what I'm saying, is this disc is not going anywhere. Um, and that's how hard I grip, and I learned this from touring pros. So... Uh, you can trust that advice there. Now, as far as when you're throwing max distance, where your thumb goes uh, is n- that's where there's kind of a, a little bit of obs- obscurity or like a gray area in the disc golf world because you'll see a lot of players, and I'm one of them, that their thumb moves inwards and pushes in like denting the disc almost. Um, and to me, that is my... That is my best bet to get a lot of power on the disc, a lot of snap on the disc. And I feel like I have the most control when it's in this this spot. Uh, it also allows me to normally release my drives on a slight bit of hyzer, which is what I like to do. I'm not a big Anheuser flex thrower. I don't think I've ever seen you do that. What? Throw an anti flex? Yeah. I try to, and I have to act <laughs> like I'm throwing a roller when I'm throwing full power. But I'm a, I, if I can, I'm going to throw a hyzer flip to full flight because that's where I have the most control. And that really allows you to do it. I did see a video of um, Nate Sexton and Jeremy Coling talking about this a while ago. I There is no way that I'm going to be able to remember the name of the video um, to reference it to you because I barely remember that I watched it. But they were explaining this exact thing of digging your hand into the disc and pushing down. It just kind of, it just digs your hand in a bit more. 
And I wish you could kind of see how much the disc is pushed down there. Uh, it's very hard to... Um, Where's the disc on your palm? Oh, on my palm. Two people asked. Uh, so <laughs> we're going into like the best a, way to uh, kind of show this. But basically my uh, pointer finger joint, it's kind of right in between these two fingers here. Uh, it kind of rests there. My pointer finger joints on top. I don't know if this is the correct way. This is how I do it. Um, and from what I've seen, this is kind of the correct way because it allows my my palm to kind of come over this top side of the disc. And my pointer finger, to be honest with you, is not putting much pressure on the disc. Now, this I've heard from, um, this is a tip from Will Schustrick. I've seen it in one of his uh, driving tutorial videos where your pointer finger is kind of just hooked on there. And these bottom three fingers are really digging it into your hand. This is not crucial by any means. This is where you, um, this is kind of where comfort comes in to play more than anything. As long as your disc is really in your hands and feels good, you're in a good spot. But uh, this allows my thumb to be moved some. So this is my full distance grip is where the thing, the disc is kind of in between these two fingers joints and kind of comes diagonally down across my palm to where I can dig my thumb and this hand over the top and these three fingers dig in underneath and my pointer finger kind of just hooks on there. This grip with my pointer finger off, you're still not going to get the disc out. Um, and the pointer finger is that last release point, so it rips off of it, but I never have a ton of grip on there. Before I go to our fact checker, let me yeah. just see this real quick. Um, I've seen now the placement of the thumb. I feel like is just gonna be. You, you've just got to try different things because if you watch Adam Hammes throw, his thumb is his literally almost yeah. off the disc. Well, it, he almost literally holds it like this. True. So, I, I guess you got to what works, yeah. right? I think a lot of it is, is like I was saying, your release. Do you do this? I got a different one. Uh, what release you're most comfortable with? For me, I feel best. <laughs> I just did the freaking meme. For me, it's my job. Uh. For me, it's the I feel best when my hand, when my thumb's in the middle, pushing down, and I have that slight angle, and the disc is being manipulated like that. For you, you might feel more comfortable here. I don't understand how Adam throws here, but he does, and it clearly works for him. Yeah. I think the majority of it really comes from your hand underneath it and uh, kind of gripping it like that. If I'm throwing a more controlled shot, my knuckle kind of rotates down more, and my hand is more like this versus like this. So that's kind of the two versions of this form, of this grip. Um, and that, I feel like, gives me a little bit more control, a little bit more touch, um, and a little less snap, if that makes any sense. Uh, so I feel like I put less rotation on the disc when I have my hand like that. And for me, that just gives me more control. That side, this kind of controlled power grip, where my hand, instead of being all the way over, is brought down some, that is 100% a me personal thing. So I don't know if pros do that. That could be something that's holding my game back. I don't think it is because I feel the most control when I'm doing that. But that's just something that you got to get on the course and kind of get used to. Um, but yeah, I, I know pros dig their thumb in and I know other pros dig it out. Paul's kind of in between. I'm trying to think of a player that really digs in the middle. I feel like Kevin Jones does, but I could be off there. But yeah, hopefully that was an in-depth enough answer. Oh, that was pretty long. Cool. Um, so our fact... I feel, feel bad for our uh, Spotify listeners that are just yeah. like, what is he talking about his hand? Our fact checker sent me a picture that shows the official rules of disc golf last updated in the middle of January. So I don't know if this rule really went into effect today um, or maybe they were talking about it, but nothing has been changed since the middle of January. Well, he said so, January 2017. 
No, no, no. January 17th, 2019. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, 2019. Yeah, so last year. So, so last that year. was when the big, big change came in, which that was like, there was a whole lot in that rules update. That was when we saw the um, foot fault uh, change from being a rethrow to being, you know, where you play, where it lies with a penalty stroke. We saw the actual area of the lie get bigger, turned into a full piece paper. of paper instead of just the line straight through the middle of the disc. That was all that rules update. Okay. So there might have been a new, like, interesting rule once or twice being there. But um, Someone also said that the Asia Open coverage was dropped today from Fashion Sports TV. Did you notice? Huh. Okay. So I, I opened it because I thought it was going to be a disc golf guy. But I opened it. It was, there was no commentary and it was all like, well, from the two seconds I watched, it was no commentary and like loud music over it. I turned it off right away. Interesting. I wasn't, I can't uh, watch Terry it. Terry was there. Um, yeah, so Terry Terry was there and I, I believe he's going to be dropping on the disc golf guy. Okay, cool. I think he said it, so. it's kind of backlogged a little bit. Yeah. Um, he's getting some of the other tournaments out first. He's got to get that S word. Samoy. He hasn't got that out either. Yeah, I think he, I think he just isn't able to edit as much yeah. right now being overseas because um, I, I, he did like a Facebook live thing and he had said that there is coverage coming. And then so. someone else, Jacob said that last night on Smashbox, they said that the Japan Open is coming back for 2021. Interesting. Now, Isn't that 150 class? It has been in the past. I don't know if they, I feel like they recently changed. Okay. They did recently change that. Um, I don't know how recent it was, but I remember it was a big thing because people were saying, Manabu uh, was at that time, I think still is, well, technically not anymore, the highest rated player in Asia. Uh, now Jackie Chen is. But, um, and people were saying, like, imagine what he's going to be able to do with above 150 class. And that was kind of a big news point was yeah. Japan slash, I don't know if it was a full Asia rule or if it was just a Japan rule. Well, no, because in Asia Open, I saw someone asked if it was 150 class and it wasn't. Okay. So, but yeah, but it might have only been a Japan rule is what yeah. I'm saying in yeah, the yeah. first place. Um, but I believe that that was taken away to where they can throw um, any weight disc they wanted. The original reason for that rule was any like thrown object above 150 grams was classified as a weapon. Right. Uh, so it was always interesting because when players went over there, they had to... They had to change Learn. their whole bag to yeah. 150 or below class. So um, so all these questions are coming in still, but we're going to get to our topic and then we can come back to it. Um, these form kind of stuff like can be asked either, you know, like we could answer them later or maybe, you know, if you're a Patreon, you can ask all your questions. Yeah, there. we will see. Uh, we'll see. I don't know where my mouse just went. We'll see when we get to the end of this podcast how much time we have left. I'm yeah. going to really quickly do our sponsor, um, sponsor spot. spot, which... Um, this one is kind of less of our normal sponsor spot, more of a tournament highlight yeah. for the Battle for Bedford, um, which is our tournament we run. Um, it's coming up May 30th and 31st. We had big news drop over this past week, if you didn't catch it on uh, our Facebook page. Uh, we have a title sponsorship from Blue Chip Technologies. Huge shout out to them. And uh, they have added, I won't say how much added cash they've added to our, our already total but between that, other whole sponsorships and our own fundraising ep- efforts through um, through selling discs and different stuff like that on Facebook groups, we are now at currently $2,575 in added cash. Our goal is to get to $3,000. Um, and we've already... We got another whole sponsorship today. Yeah, Ooh. I included that in there. Oh, okay. Um, the second one hasn't come through yet. So that'll push okay. us to $2,600 added cash, which is awesome. Uh, Blue Chip is also donating uh, flight towels oh, they are. to all the players' packs. I got oh. the, the receipt from them today. Is um, it, are they custom or are they just flight they towels? Are, they are custom. I would imagine wow. with their logo on it. Yeah, that's, I mean. Um, so that's awesome. Each amateur player is going to get 
uh, flight towel if we have enough. Each pro will as well. We'll see when they come in. I don't remember exactly how many he got. Um, and the official player pack announcement will come in March because that is when we're able to place our order with Discraft for a few different reasons. They said there's going to be some updates and we want to see what updates are they're talking about on their order form. Um, All I'm saying is this this tournament is exponentially already bigger than last year. Yeah. The whole reason I'm promoting it is for two reasons. A, um, because we're running it and I really want to promote it. Uh, you can, If you want to have early registration rights, you can sponsor a hole for $25 uh, for you, your family, or your company, if you have a company. Did sell out last year. That gets you early registration rights. Um, but if you want to just go ahead and register for it in general, then the registration opens this Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Love it. You can find that all on our Facebook page under the event, The Battle for Bedford. Um yeah, so hopefully, hopefully we will have three thousand added cash come come May. Uh, and the players packs, I can guarantee you, entry fee for an AM is fifty bucks. Uh, it is already at close to, in my mind. Um, we don't. There's only one factor, which is the custom stamp disc. Um, based on what that is, it is between sixty to seventy dollars value, and just the players pack alone, uh, and then payout is provided by our our store and script to our store. So right. uh, it's going to be a good tournament. The May, tournament. Yep. 30th and 31st. Um, and then just on the lines of sponsorship, um, these are kind of like smaller, not really sponsorships, but I don't know, what would you call it? Partnerships? They sent us product. Products. Products. <laughs> okay. Because I also just got confirmation just now. Just answer the guy's email. He's going to send us a few of those. Awesome. Um, so, but this right here, it's called Sport and Survival Sling. Uh, oh, there's my chapstick. Look at that. A little magic yeah. trick. <laughs> <laughs> um, someone sent this. these. They're called Danger Goods on Instagram. You basically, it's a bunch of paracord. I did the same thing when we were upstairs. <laughs> um, you have to braid it together and you make this large sling. And I just spit everywhere. Did you see that? I did not. I wonder if they did. Um, and then basically, like there's a picture of a disc golf basket, squirrel. I'm not hitting any squirrels. Love squirrels. Um, and stuff like that that you can throw balls with that we're going to try this out in a video. And yeah. then we'll probably someone, try to include that in a, a face off or trick shot video of some kind. Yeah. And then someone from Wingman Discs. From Little, uh, little Discs. Laboba. Uh, that if you ever had that ball that you throw at the beach and it bounces on the water, you never had that. I I always threw it growing up. So that when they contacted us, I was pretty stoked. Um, they came out with a little mini disc that's bendable. They're sending us a few to uh, I don't know, create some content with, give some, some giveaways. Out. Uh, they so said they're gonna send us some, uh, some new designs as well. So that's awesome. super exciting. Getting those yeah. people to reach out. All right, so there is our. Not so quick that time, sponsor spot, but if you're interested in sponsoring this podcast to instead of having us ramble for a minute, have us promote your business within that sponsor spot, then um, go ahead and email us at foundationdiscgolf at gmail.com and we can talk th talk to you about the statistics, pricing, and all of that jazz. Also, uh, someone sent us coffee last week. That should be here tomorrow. So. Um, but we do have um, the Griplock mugs that are going to be out of focus on our website as well. Um, if you're on there, but, uh, so next week we'll be drinking the coffee that was sent to us by one of you guys, which can we officially call them founders? Remember? Yeah. There was a lot of people that said founders. We're, so y'all, your official name is now founders. founders. Uh, I like that. Yeah. All right. So that was a much longer sponsor spot than, uh, it's okay. anticipated, but we will jump into Let's our, get her done. our topic here, which this, you know, we don't have a lot of statistics to bring at you. This is a, once again, opinions based, uh, predictions podcast. Um, I'm, I'm keeping this. Okay, you're gonna see because okay. last year I was I was almost I was good with the women last year. You were. I was that is good. True. Uh, so we're gonna go ahead and start with some not so future predictions, and then we'll get into some really in the future predictions. The first one 
is the Wintertime Open, which is coming up this weekend. Um, so I'll go over kind of how many players are registered, and then we'll, we'll jump into each of our predictions and why we're picking them. So we have 76 players registered on the Open side and only eight players registered on the FPO side. I don't know that's if that's small. abnormal uh, for Wintertime Open. Part of me feels like it's not because it is just an A tier. But still. Um, but yeah, it is a little bit smaller than I had originally expected. So what's your predictions? We're going to predict top three at all of these tournaments. Okay. So I'm on the fence with my prediction. Um, I, I'm, I guess I, I think I might uh, like swap it right now. On, on the That's spot. fine. You haven't you haven't said it out loud yet. So, so I'm gonna go. Where did you go? So I don't say what you say. Uh, I'm right. Here. I'm here. Um, oh and you gotta gosh. have you gotta put the order with them too. We can't just we can't just pick three names. Do you have a pen? I do not. Okay. So I'm gonna go. Adam Hammis for the win. For the win. So is that ba- that's back to back years you're predicting? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna put Macbeth in second. I think it's going to take him like a, a tournament to like get back into it. Um, and then I'm going to put, how do I say his name? I forgot how to say his last name. Seppu Payu. Payu. There you go. I'm going to put Seppu. Seppo in Seppo. Third. I pronounced his first name wrong, but I got his last name. Seppo. Um, interesting. Yep. Okay. Uh, so I'm disagreeing with you on two accounts. Uh, first off, I'm putting Paul as the winner and I'll tell you why. Last year, at this tournament, the Wintertime Open, he lost because of his putting. His putting was very... And he lost the year before, too, right? He did. The year before, he lost to Lance Brown. Uh, I don't remember what the reason... I, oh, the year before, I think, was also due to putting because that was when he was coming off of the back injury. It was his first season back putting <laughs> his normal way. Um, so... We got uh, we got the age-old question. We, we're not going to answer it, but go ahead. I didn't even see it. How did we meet Paul? Oh, that's funny. Okay. Uh, we'll answer it in a second. But anyways... <laughs> So I'm picking Paul to win, and I'll tell you why, because two reasons. Reason number one was that Brody video where Brody drove and oh, Paul and putted. putted for everything on fire. I have not seen Paul putt that well in a very, very... Now, I know it was for one video. I would assume they were all bag first on takes. too. Yeah, but I mean, we saw him hit 120 footer. We saw him hit that putt through those trees, which I can confirm because that's a course that I've played many times. That putt is not possible. I don't know what he did to uh-huh. make it through there, but I have tried it many times, and I always roll to the creek behind me. Yep. That putt's not possible. He hit it. Uh, anyways, that, and then on top of it, in the vlog that Hannah released on Paul's channel of them playing his first round without a boot, she asked him like how he was feeling after the round. He said his putt was great. Yeah, he's like, so I'm making everything inside 80 feet. Yeah. Paul's issue has never been off the tee, ever. When he loses a tournament, it's because he can't. He's struggling with his putt. Yeah. So to, to hear Paul say he's really confident in his putting and to see it firsthand in the Brody video and Hannah's video at the beginning, he had a little bit of a slow start. For me, both of those things, uh, his confidence and you know actually seeing it, I think he's going to be very tough to beat um, because I think his drives, it's a lot easier to shake the rust off of a drive, I believe, yeah. over a putt. So I have Paul coming in first, but I do have Adam Hammes in second. Um, and then a little bit of a... Not really. Not really, but... I, Okay, well, I'll say the third pick, and then I'll, I'll ask the question I'm about to ask. Um, so my third pick is Austin Hannum. I think he finished up there last year. Uh, so really not an uh, underdog pick, but I was about to say he was. But I, was, I almost said he was a dark horse pick. Oh, my God. But I can't think it was Brody. dark horse. I, I know that's a Brody thing, but was that a thing before Brody? Oh, I have no clue. I only know I it feel like Brody. it is. You because, like, I, I feel like I always say, like, this is my dark horse for this tournament. But I almost just said it because underdog i feel like you would say not i don't i don't think i've ever heard you say dark horse yeah that's why i stopped myself because it felt weird but at the same time it felt right 
listen to this. Yeah. I'm, this is just funny, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. So it was after the person asked how we know Paul. Did you hear how I just said that? Okay. And then someone else said, uh, got Ethan, you noob. And then another response was, <laughs> Paul and Zach are brothers. And another response was, Zach used to date Paul. All those are true. We're brothers and I dated him? Yeah. Okay. We're from West Virginia. No, I'm not. <laughs> He's from New York and I'm from Virginia. Uh, anyways. And uh, yeah, it was just funny. Okay. Uh, so we know Paul because of we became friends with him uh, through playing college disc golf and game nights uh, at college did disc you, golf. What did you just say? Playing college disc golf and game nights. Game nights. Okay. Just make sure that you, you made sure it said game. What? Okay. Um, so top three women predictions for this tournament. Uh, you go first. Yeah. So I'm going with Jessica Weiss taking on the whim. I have Own Scoggins coming in second. She does not tour. Uh, yes we're really brothers come on can't you tell <laughs> no he has been mistaken for paul on disc golf course before. this is so funny i was yeah it was at not, a, i wasn't playing i was sitting down it was at am worlds someone came up and like shook his yeah. head it was like paul right and zach was like no <laughs> wasn't paul sitting next to me paul was sitting like yeah like two people down was paul and the guy walked up to zach and was like paul right and paul's like zach's like no and just like pointed that way the guy was like oh i'm sorry hey paul <laughs> it was pretty funny um but i'm going with Jessica Weiss first, Own Scoggins second, and Hannah Macbeth third. Um, I think Hannah's going to be an interesting person to watch this year because... I do too. She has been taking disc golf a lot. Not that she didn't take it seriously beforehand, but I feel like she kind of kicked it into a next gear this yeah. offseason. Um, her form's looking a lot smoother than it normally has in the past. Her putting is fantastic right now. Her putting's been great. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see. I think she's definitely better than her player rating suggests currently. Yeah. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see starting off at wintertime and then going forward throughout the rest of the season, uh, what type of player she's going to be this year. So I've got Weiss in first as well. It just seems like right now she's going to be, you know, she's the the best player at this tournament. Yeah, it looks Um, good. I put Macbeth in second, and then I put Kona Panis in third. I will say... Um, so you don't have Own Scoggins up there at all? No. Okay, because I will say Own Scoggins is the highest rated player at this tournament. Is she? At 949. Oh, she was. She was. And then I just never Weiss heard of her. Second. I've never heard of her, so I didn't trust she's her. A, yeah, she's a West Coast um, player. She does not tour much or if at all. I don't remember seeing her name much on tour, um, but I have heard the name before, probably just from like wintertime in Las Vegas and stuff like that. Um, Dark Horse was an expression before Brody. Okay, I thought so, because I was about to say it, but then I was like, I can't just be like cliche because Brody's... In disc golf now. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that's why he called himself the Dark Horse and started his whole brand was because of that. Anyways, so that's uh, the three for this upcoming weekend at wintertime. Um, I, I I mean, this, these aren't really early predictions there, but I'm very excited to get this season started. Um, and wintertime always feels like the official kickoff to me. I don't know why. I know it's not technically because I know like a lot of players won't be there, but we're not going to Waco. Was asked a few uh, times. It always feels like that. Um, All right. So then we've got the next tournament, which is Las Vegas. Has 146 people in open. And then we've got 18 people in FPO. Top three predictions for the men. I'll go first. And I've got Chris Clemens coming in first place. I've got... What are you looking at me like that for? That, just was, a, that was a surprising... Kay. He is. But that, Emerson Keith in second. Numbers. And then Calvin Heimberg in third. Okay. So we have one similar name in our top three. Uh, so I have, yeah. uh, um, Paul won't be there is why I didn't pick Paul. Yeah. Paul will not be at Las Vegas since it's not a national tour, which we'll talk about his schedule a little bit in, in, uh, later as we get down to future predictions. But, mm-hmm. um, 
I have Kevin Jones winning uh, the Las Vegas Challenge. Um, it's a pretty open course. We know That's this true. dude can bomb. Last year, he had a little bit of a rocky year, especially up front in the year. I think it was his transition to Prodigy. Um, just transitioning to any company is always tough to yeah. start a year off, especially when he was so used to like the jokery and stuff like that. And he kind of transitioned into more like M2s, M3s. I forgot to wear pants. Um, I forgot I'm in the Arctic down here. <laughs> he has shorts on. Um, <laughs> he's not saying... <laughs> wearing nothing. <laughs> it's like those interviews where you just wear the, the shirt and the tie. just wear a suit and, yeah. and then you wear shorts down here. Um, I just, for some reason, I looked at the list and his name just jumped out to me. And I was like, eh, yeah, that feels good. So I picked Kevin yeah. Jones. Okay. Uh, second place, I picked Calvin Heimberg yeah. because I like logically... I would pick him if I went like based solely on logic of who I think would win based on that and not just like this weird gut feeling that I think Kevin's going to win. Um, <laughs> and so I put it. Calvin Heimberg second and then I put Ricky third because um, Ricky obviously has the skills and capability to win this tournament and win any tournament he plays in. But I think it's a big question mark as to his endurance, uh, just like how he hasn't played in a tournament in a long time. Um and, you know, he did have to take an extended period of time off with his battle with Lyme's disease. He seems to be back playing. He seems to be back at what seems to be 100%, but his first true test is going to be Las Vegas. So I put him in the top three because kind of like Paul, it's hard to bet against Ricky. Um, but that one's kind of a... I was on the fence putting his name in there. So Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. You'll see my pick like later on uh, talking about Rick. I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a weird year. We're not going to see much of Rick. Chris Clemens is definitely a good pick. It's just someone I did not, didn't think about. Um, FPO. Let's hit it. Yeah. Uh, FPO. So this one I got... Um, I, I flipped this back and forth a few different times, but I'm picking Evelina to win, Katrina Allen to come in second, and Henna Bloomrose to come in third. The ones that I flipped back and forth was Henna and Evelina. Mm-hmm. I picked Kat in second and I kept her there. The only reason I didn't go with Henna winning was because she just transitioned brands and i think the first tournament transitioning brands is always tough who do you have um, in second cat katrina allen oh okay okay um so yeah evelina katrina henna those are my top three on the women's side for las vegas okay uh what you got for them first of all i've got now i made a, a great prediction last year with cat being like dominant in the beginning of the year yeah uh, of fpa i've got this feeling that Haley king is going to be the monster of this year Really? Have you seen her putting, my dude? I have. It is better than any FPO player I've ever seen. See, okay. her putting is redonkulous. I am a huge Haley fan, uh, but at the same time, I don't know if this is quite her year. She's got it. You said that last be... year about Cat. Well, no, Cat was a different argument. Cat, I thought, was on the decline. Okay, Haley, so you I don't think, know is if like Haley's not there. I yet. think she's like an eagle player. Okay. Where this is the year that she'll have one or two breakout tournaments, and Las Vegas might be one of them. But I think she's a year or two away from a, a dominant year type of a thing. Um, but it'll be interesting. Zach, I, is, Zach has been right uh, historically. I think I've picked her for, for Las Vegas because it's open. She she can bomb and she can putt. You know, we've seen, I feel like in the past, uh, when she's in the woods, like hitting lines is a little tough. She does have, like, she just she pulls a little bit. Um, now, that was <laughs> no, like, I'm not a pro or anything, so I don't know if that was true at all. But um, I, I feel like she can kill the open game so that's why i'm feeling like that uh, see to, to me I, I went the three i went with all can bomb like far far and so especially evelina and cat i think you put them on an open course they have the backhand which you 
backhand you can control oh, the spin. Oh, I never spin. said who else. Sorry. Oh, yeah, that's going. true. Uh, but backhand you can control the spin, the speed, stuff like that a lot more than a forehand. And Haley's a much more... Uh, her forehand is worlds above any FPO player I've seen. Um, but I think that that on an open course is not as much of an advantage as it is on a wooded course personally. Um, but I, I could be wrong there. We, it, it'll definitely be interesting to see. Who's your second and third place then? Henna coming in second and then Allen coming in third. So you don't have Evelina up there. I don't. So we had not pretty yet. similar without Evelina there. Question for you. Do uh-huh. you prefer red red lobster, cheddar biscuits, or olive garden breadsticks? That's such a random question. Well, you know what's funny? This person asked, I don't know if you read my stomach, I had the cheddar biscuits tonight. Did you really? Yeah, I had it with stew. Uh, I'm going Olive Garden breadsticks. because oh, Only because I can sit down and eat like 15 of them and not realize I've eaten one. It's kind of like hot Krispy Kreme donuts. They just kind of like... Well, those are so those are so light. Yeah, they're are just you crying? Like, He's crying about I it. yawned. <laughs> oh, you, I didn't yeah. notice. Uh, or I don't know. Maybe my mind told me I yawned. Um, but I don't know. There's something about it. Anyways, back to disc golf since that's what we're here okay. for. Um, uh, Memorial. Yeah. So now we're getting into a little bit too early to actually predict. So we'll have to talk about these again <laughs> in the future. Um, Hunter, would you rather be a UNC fan or only play at Randolph? Disc only golf play course? at Randolph Disc Golf Course. Only play lefty. Only play with a mini. Uh, all of that above a UNC fan. But I'd rather be a UNC fan than a Kentucky fan. Okay. So. Next. Uh, Memorial. So Memorial. This is where we'll have to talk about it again in the future because it's a little bit too far in advance. So we've got we, we've got some far out predictions. No, here. yeah. At, from here on. Um, the predictions get farther They're and farther out because this is like, we like to, before the year starts, give our like gut feelings. And then as the year goes on, we talk about what's, what's going on and what's changing, what's updating. Uh, so Memorial, we see 168 open players and 31 FPO. This is the technical start. actual start of the season. Um, even though it, it's still a little less than a month away now. Um, so who is your top three on the open side? Who did you pick? Cause I hate picking who you did. It doesn't matter who I pick. Well, I don't want to. Uh, Eagle. Okay. Um, I've got Macbeth coming at second. And then I feel like this pick is weird because he's more like a Woods player, I would say. Um, or maybe not. Maybe. Uh, Conrad. Interesting. Yeah. It's so weird. The, the name that's surprising that is missing is Adam Hammes. Because he's been training in Arizona all this off season. True. We've seen him dominating at these courses. I, didn't think uh, I flipped between him and Macbeth to win this tournament back and forth. Um, you've got him up there then a few times this year. I think this is I think this, think is this is his year? not his year to be dominant. I think this is his kind of his breakout year. He broke out onto the scene last year. I think this is his year where he proves he's a force to be reckoned with. Okay. Um, I'll, as we get into some other predictions, I think this is a different player's actual breakout year. I did year. see that. Uh, but we'll talk about that here in a bit. Um, so for Memorial, I went ahead and I think that this is the year Paul renames this the McMorial yet again. Um, I... I to me like historically he's been so dominant these early season tournaments and it's really just been the last two years that we haven't seen this dominance in in the early season and yes the ankle is a big question mark we'll find out this weekend if um i'm gonna be eating my words but i think he's gonna come out the gates um now that i've seen his putting and stuff i know a few podcasts ago i was worried about it now that i've seen his putting seen him throw some without the the boot on and after he's made this decision on what he's playing and what he's not playing, I think he's going to come out hungry, and uh, I think that's going to result in the Memorial win. Now, with that being said, in second place, I do have Adam Hammes because I, to yeah. me, with how dominant he's been, he's got to be in the top five at this tournament. I would be 
pretty surprised otherwise, but it is Fountain Hills. You know, stuff can go wrong there. In third place, I have Simon Lazat. Um, he's proven this course is just something that something about this course him and Eagle like. So I think one of them two will be up there. Okay. Uh, I don't know which one. I just picked Simon. You picked Eagle. Well, we'll kind of see how the how the cookie crumbles there. Sounds good. FPL. Hit it. All right. Women. Uh, I believe I meant Pierce, but I just put Paige. Uh, <laughs> so women, I'm going with Paige Pierce. Uh, uh, winning, taking down this one. I think this is her first tournament for the year, I believe. Um, and she's no, she's played some overseas, but this well, is her first like U.S. tournament. Yeah, tournament of this podcast that we're talking about. So I think by that point, you know, she's had a few tournaments under her belt now. And I think practice time. Yeah, and practice time. I think the initial slump you see when you transition manufacturers is going to be over. And so I have Paige coming in first. I picked Henna Bloomrose coming in second. And then this one was a little bit of... A dark horse pick. A dark horse pick. I don't like using that term anymore. Neither a little I. bit of an underdog. Uh, but not really an underdog. Just we'll, you we'll using see. that underdog and dark horse is not... like That's not a dark horse or underdog pick. To me it is because She's I a, normally... is she a world champion? One time, I think. But anyways, it's Sarah Hokum in third. Uh, the reason... To me, the reason I like it's an underdog to me to put her as a top three is because of the players I'm picking her over, and because of who, Cat, Cat. Um, isn't Evelina gonna be there? Uh, like there's several players that you would probably think on a course like this would beat her, but if her putting's good, I think she'll have a chance at winning it because. Okay. Her forehand and her control she has on her forehand will allow her to stay in bounds and yeah. not worry about any of that. But with her, it all comes down to putting. Right. If she has a bad week putting, she might be in the lower half of the field. But if she's on fire putting, she's going to be up there. And yeah. so I put her in the top three. I've got Paige Pierce. Um, I picked that because I didn't want to be wrong because Paige <laughs> is going to win. Um, I've got Kat in second and then Rebecca Cox in third. That's a good one. She's good. She's yeah. a, she's. We saw this last year too. She's got such great potential. Okay, it's how old do you think she is? I don't know her actual. I don't. Name. I don't want to guess because okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't know wanna, her. I don't remember her actual age. I don't want to. I thought be, she was like. I don't want to be rude. Yeah, I thought she was. Not not, not that last I'm saying year, I'm gonna guess she's old. I think she's young. What twenty? That's my guess. She's upper twenties. Really? Yeah. I didn't know last year I had guessed uh, like nineteen. I had this conversation with someone because I, I called her a young player, a young gun, kind of oh, like we called oh. uh, Luke Humphreys. Yeah. Um, I called her like I was like, yeah, she's like really young and up and coming, and someone was like. I mean, she's, yeah, I guess, but, like, she's in her, like, I think mid-20s, upper 20s, something like that. I was like, really? I don't know what it is. Just something about the way she carries herself, the way she looks. She just looks young. I don't think that's a bad thing to say. I think normally that's a compliment. But, anyways, so now we've kind of slowly transitioned into our way, way, way too early predictions. Um, Basically, we're looking at uh, the majors, which this year there's only three majors for the men. Really? And... So four for the women. There's European Open, Worlds, and USDGC was all I saw on. There, there's like, you know, Masters Age and stuff like that and AM only. But from what I saw on the PDGA website. Joseph said, the argument that you just made for Sarah Hokum applies to Katrina Allen too. If she puts well, she has the most complete game in FBO. Absolutely. And we, um, I think I picked her later on and I'll talk about my reasoning for picking her. Yeah. Um, but it kind of goes right along with what you what you said yeah. uh okay so way 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 too early predictions we're starting it off with the u.s women's disc golf championships it's going to be held at the end of may in california Cox was born in 96 
So she's she's 23. She's only a year older than us. So then someone told me misinformation. Because someone had told me she was like 28 or 29. So, okay. So then my guess was about right. Because yeah. I said, I guess last year she was like 19 or 20. And they're like, no, dude. She's like upper 20s. Oh. So you were like two years off. So I was like, okay. Well, then never mind. We were spot on. That makes me feel better. So yeah, she has like an insane amount of potential then. Yeah, she does. I had always downplayed it in my head. because She's I'm, so good. I was like, she's so much older than I thought. This is just like me figuring out that the disc I thought was a felon wasn't a felon this whole time. Have you thrown it yet? I have not. I need to. I need to take that out there. Uh, maybe it may be in our my next whole, tree like, planting My video. whole disc golf life is just being transformed over these last two weeks. Yeah. There's so many facts that I thought and held true to are just not there anymore. Uh, anyways, USWDGC held in California this year. I couldn't find out what courses the FPO are going to be playing. Uh, the schedule was up and the courses were up. Who else would be playing it? There's the AMs. Is uh, there really AMs? Uh, at least last year there was. Oh, wow. Uh, Masters and other people. Um, because there's three courses and I wouldn't imagine the FPO is playing all three. But there's oh, okay. Shady that. Oaks, uh, Rockland, uh, Disc Golf Course, and Auburn Regional Park. Uh, from what I saw online, the courses seemed to be fairly difficult and a good mix of woods and open. Um, one course seemed to be pretty much open. One course seemed to be pretty much wooded and one course seemed to be half and half. So someone asked how old we are. Don't tell them drop everyone. Drop your guesses. Most people will know. Drop your guesses. I would imagine. Uh, while they drop their guesses from here on out, we're only picking our winner because, uh, it's too hard to go top three. A lot of players aren't even registered for these tournaments. And so we don't even know who all's going to be there. We might might even pick someone that's not going to be there. That's true. Um, so so your winner for the U S women's disc golf championships drum roll please Haley king i didn't have time to do a drum roll and shocking not really shocking no um it's not so i picked the obvious Paige pierce right uh that's the easy pick that's the that's like the safe pick you know that's the type of pick like you know who we, we don't want to be wrong huh we didn't pick Kristen at all Kristen tatar yeah i looked at her first off, i don't she, she i did not see her registered for some of these tournaments okay okay she is registered for u.s women's um, I did not pick her because I don't know. She won it last year. Uh, or yeah. Um, but I just feel like Paige is going to win this. Um, I don't know. It, it's hard to bet against Paige. You know, I think I said the same thing last year and she lost it, but Haley King is definitely, you know, this is a little bit later in the year. She'll have a little bit more time on tour. Um, 12. Good answer. We are 12. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a bad answer by any means. Um, and it could happen. But What's your birthday? May. 7th? Yeah. Who's JT? Because they know your, your your birthday. Either my dad or my brother, probably. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jimmy. Okay. I was like, that's weird. Or it could be my granddad. All three of them have the same name. This is Fun true. fact for not you, but them. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think Haley's a, a valid guess because uh, that's all this is at this point is a guess. But Paige, you know, it, it's going to be an interesting year. Uh, I was looking at Paige's stats from last year. She had, I think, a seventh place and a fourth place, and everything else was ones or a few second places sprinkled in there. She had a really, really dominant year last year. Uh, I already know my answer to this. Do you think she keeps up that level of dominance this year? Who are we talking about? Paige. Oh. The level of dominance we saw Paige have last year. At the end of last year. Middle yeah, to, middle, middle to, to end. end. Do you think that rolls into this year and her continued dominance? I think it'll take some time. But you think she gets back to that point? Yeah, almost exactly what happened last year really okay i think i think she i think it's gonna be hard for her to duplicate last year because uh if you look at it she really didn't have that slow of a start she had a seventh well, no. place and a fourth place to us um it was yeah there there were some 
some surprises in there and tournaments she would win by a lot closer than you kind of expected because of how bad she would play kind of in the first few rounds. Um, but if you just look at the stat wise of how many she won, it was it's your dad. insane. Um, that's funny. Um, uh, it was it was kind of an insane year. Um, I do not expect that level of dominance again this year. Um, yeah, it's gonna be. I don't know. Like I think maybe I don't see her stepping down. I see other players stepping up. Is what I'm expecting. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of like what we will see with Paul occasionally that, is. Paul's dominance continues, and I feel like other players just continue to creep closer to how dominant he is. And this could be a year that uh, I think Paige gets overtaken a little bit. So uh, as Zach continues to laugh at the at some of the it's comments, it's pretty funny. Anyway, everyone's age guesses were from twenty two to twenty nine, and then I was called out by two people, including my wife, that I just said Rebecca Cox was twenty three and a year older than us. She's a year older. Well, yeah, I'm twenty two. Yeah, me too. So I'm saying I gave everyone the answer, and then half of them got uh, it wrong anyway. That's funny. I thought you were saying, like, called out like your wife was like, you're 23. No, like, no, no. Are we not both 22? <laughs> no, no, we are. We're 22. Um, so, Worlds this year. This one, I, I think we can uh, not park here because we've already been on an hour somehow. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> it feels like. It, it's because you had your 20-minute uh, your twenty grip, minute yeah, grip segment there. It was worth it. Okay. Uh, Worlds this year is in Utah. Uh, there's not much information available yet. I would imagine it's going to be at the the golf course yeah. we've seen the Utah Open at. Utah Open, from what I saw, started in 2017, so it's only been around three years. Ricky has won it twice and came in second once. He's played it three years. Paul and Eagle have only played it once in 2018. Paul came in third. Eagle came in second. I think there was another course that they were adding. Uh, there might be. It was be. a wooded course. I forgot what it was called. I think that was the one that Paul didn't like. Was the wooded course? I think so. Okay, because I think they had said we're like we our our goal is to make this the hardest course possible, mm -hmm. and it was just like not really great stuff. Well, my answer of who wins was not based on that. <laughs> well, but it, oh, could, mine it was. could change. Mine was because um, I couldn't find any information about it. Uh, for some reason, I I, I had heard uh, I had heard what courses they were playing, but when I went back to look at it today, I don't know where I heard it from because I was trying to pull all the facts for this and I couldn't find it. So all we know is it's at the same location as the utah open previously oh God. okay so my prediction a little bit of a surprise pick um oh yeah it, it was but i'm gonna kind of explain it out but my pick for to win this year's world championships is eagle mcmahon and the reason i'm picking him is i think this is he's had you know he's been on the scene for a while he's a touring pro like he's a top level pro so i can't call it a breakout year but I think this is his breakout into the top, the top tier, that next tier of golf that we've seen really only Paul Park at and Ricky come to and fall off of. Um, I think this is Eagles' year to get to that top, top, top. You know what I mean? Like uh -huh. that that next level tier. I think this is Eagles' year. Uh, going into it, it's Paul's tournament to lose, um, and I think a lot of it's going to like kind of depend on what form he's in by the time we get to get to worlds but uh assuming the feature course is at the golf course it's not someone just um, said that uh worlds won't mostly be at the golf course it's called the fort well if it's mostly wooded i'm flipping my answer to paul because i i swear up and down i hear other answers all the time paul is the best touchy woods player in the game like his control with straight shots is it's unmatched 
And so if 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 the close. future course close, Conrad is very close. Conrad's close. Johansson's close. Dickerson's close. But if you put them in a if you put them in a wooded course and just put them for five rounds out there, I think Paul comes out on top every time. Uh, just because of because of straight shots, I think Conrad's better at Anheuser shots and creating without a forehand. But I personally believe Paul is the best there. Super chat. Thank you, Dan. That's we appreciate awesome. it. He says, yeah. keeping up, keep up the content, you younglings. Yeah, we're pretty young. Okay. 22 so years old, pretty young. I don't feel young. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, life. Uh, so assuming the feature course is Thank the you. golf course, I'm going with Eagle. But after hearing that it's probably not, and if it's a wooded course, I'm going Paul. I still think this is Eagle's year to kind of like break out more, get a few more like big wins under his belt. But in the woods, I'm not going to pick Eagle. Um, I think for, re- yeah. I have a weird pick. All right, well, let's hear your weird pick. Weird pick. My weird pick is, drumroll, Ricky. Okay. And that's not a weird pick to me. No. Well, I because I almost picked him. He's won this tournament two out of three years, and he came second the second year. The of only years. other year, yeah. Um, but, again, it could be in the woods, but he's got a, he's got a good touchy forehand wood game. Yeah. Ricky, so, does, Ricky, in the woods, Ricky's at that, like, tier. Yeah. He, so, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying it's going to be a great year for Rick. I'm just saying... I think he might win worlds and it's obviously going to be really close between Paul and him, but I know Paul's mindset is he doesn't, he has said he doesn't like Utah as much as the other places. Not that he doesn't like just as much as the other places. And for Paul, it's all about his mindset. If he, if he walks into it, he says, I'm going to win. He's going to win. If he's walking into it, he's like, and like, like I'm, I'm going to win. Yeah. It's not like, Oh, so you're not that confident. Yeah. So I don't know. I obviously this all can change based on, you know, how he's playing, the rest of the year, how his ankle feels. If it gets worse, we might not see him, right? We yeah, don't know. If it, give, if it gets worse, he might not even make it to Worlds. Right. If it gets better, you know, is he just going to be on a dominant strain this entire year and keep playing? Is he not going to have to leave? Yeah. Like, we don't really know what's going to happen. I think it's going to be close, but I'm putting, like, Rick right there. Yeah, I I mean, no matter what, I think Ricky and Paul are going to be in the top three. Um, it, It's really you'd almost be dumb not to think that because if we look at the like history of the last decade yeah ricky and paul are in the top three like yeah normally ricky and paul are in the top two yeah yeah they're they're in the top two period like since 2012 i yeah. think it's been one or one or the other um yeah no one else has won worlds greg's barsby 2018 yes sorry. Uh, but paul was second greg's um, barsby's greg's barsby's uh but yeah i mean obviously they're going to be up there I don't know. For some reason, I was just feeling eagle, but I was thinking the golf course. If you take the golf course out of it, I, I'm going Paul. Um, <laughs> so I kind of wish I would have went through that more. Uh, what about women? Side. So women's side, I'm picking Katrina Allen to win based on one thing and one thing alone and the pain of losing this year uh, and the way it all went down, I think is going to propel her to win this upcoming year, if that makes sense. I understand. Yeah. Uh, who is your pick? on uh for the women evelina you're just gonna like okay so all this whole time you're like i have a big surprise pick for this tournament this tournament this tournament like this is a shocker and you're just gonna drop evelina like it's a certain thing like you said that like you were saying Paige pierce is gonna win i don't know i think she's good well no she's definitely good but that world is a a next level good like like very few players get to claim a world championship next to their name i think evelina will in her career but this year that could be, I mean, if it's if if the women play an opposite feature course of the men, putting them on the golf course, I could see it. Um, 
The, I don't know. Something about... So, Katrina, I was looking at this year's Worlds again, and, like, going into the final round, she she was in control. She had it. Uh, I mean, she was up, right? She was up, like, four, I think. Four, she lost I it. I can't remember She now. lost it by five total. Yes. And she lost by... This was Paige the putting woes. Yeah. This year. Okay, I do remember that. Yeah. Did, we watched it live. We yeah, did, we weren't at the course, but we, no, were, no, we, we were, were watching. Yeah, because we were at Paul. Yeah. There you go. Um, Take a drink. Someone, they're gonna play, they're, someone said they're going to play a drinking game. Drink every time we say Paul. You won't be standing <laughs> at the end of this. Um, so, yeah. I, I just, for some reason, I feel like Katrina's going to go into this tournament more focused than ever before. And Hope so. Be like, I'm not letting this happen again. And I think she's going to come out and, and dominate Worlds. I don't have anything in my cup. That was sad. I have water. I only have one sip, though, so I'm going to save that. Um, all right. So the last two uh, picks are just overall points. Um, I didn't want to go through all the pro tour and all the national tour because we would be here. At we'll a do that eventually. Time. Yeah, as the tournaments come up, we're going to re-talk about all these. So disc golf pro tour overall points. Oh, I didn't even pick one for this. You didn't? Okay. No. Well, I mean, you can really pick from the whole MPO field. I, I know. Like, So who, who who's your feeling? Who's, well, like, who's going to win the most tournaments? But yeah. Paul's not going to be at them, right? Paul's going to be at 6 of 10. Um, oh, okay. If his ankle allows him to play the rest of the season, that number would go up to 8 of 10 because okay. he would play uh, Green Mountain and uh, MVP Open are the two he's missing. Um, Eagle? Has Eagle won the Pro Tour Championship before? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't so. think so. But, I mean, that could be... Yeah, I mean, these are these are such a shot in the dark. Because They're a dark horse pick. Yeah. It's so annoying that like I want to say it because it's annoying. Uh I'm going Macbeth. Yeah. Um the his current schedule, like I just said, has him playing six out of ten. He can make it to eight. Historically, again, he's dominant throughout the year. And yeah. so a, something that he's going to play the majority of, I don't see where he's not winning the overall points. Because if you just roll the dice, you know, more than likely Paul's gonna win. Uh, over the field this is true in general and so i'm picking paul there now national tour overall points is a whole different story because he won't be at these ones paul is currently only has one nt on his schedule for this year there's six total uh he only okay. has one on his schedule that he posted on instagram ricky's registered but all but the finale two of them didn't have registration open but the other ones ricky was registered for all of them um do we know like someone like conrad was he registered because like i said I didn't he's registered for the majority That's my pick. you're picking conrad I'm picking Ricky. Uh, to me, I think that this year, I think when it all boils down to it, it's going to be another kind of like Ricky Paul year. I think Eagle's going to okay. sneak in there more than in the past, but I don't okay. think enough to dethrone either of them yet. Okay. I think he's just going to kind of add his name to the third. He already kind of has, but I think he's going to cement his name as the third player that's on this next tier. Um, so you say, do you think that there's only two players on that tier right now? Right now, like as we stand right, yeah, right now, now, there's just Paul. Oh, okay. I think Ricky, once he's back and playing, last year he it was a weird year for Rick. It was. It was his first year with Innova. It didn't go too well starting off. He had a slow start. I feel like we never really saw the Ricky we were used to. And then right when we were starting to, he got Lyme's disease. Right. Um, and so it was a weird year last year. So I think currently Ricky's not at that next level tier that we have seen him at. Um, but I think as the year goes on this year, as long as he doesn't have flare-ups and stuff and he stays healthy with Lyme's disease, we will see him get back to that tier because he's right on it. And I think Eagle will be joining him to okay. put them three at that that next level tier that you're surprised if they're at a tournament and one of them isn't winning, basically right. is what I'm saying. Okay. 
Um, cool. Um, so the fun, the final one we have on the list here is USDGC. Oh, we didn't do women. Oh, we did not do women. You I said did. Page. I oh, picked. Yeah, them. you put Paige and Paige. Oh, that's probably why. Because I think <laughs> it's rather obvious. I think overall, Paige isn't going to have as dominant of a year as she did this past year. But Paige is Paige. Uh, I don't see someone. Could, I don't see yeah. one singular player consistently beating her. I, I see would the agree. field maybe beating her a little bit here and there, but not like, enough to where one person is going to keep winning enough to take that title. Yeah, exactly. That's I would how, agree there. That's how I was looking at it. I think that you know we might see a Haley King, Evelina, Henna, Katrina win spot in, like here and there, but I think it's a, a Paul type situation where if she's at enough events, I don't see her losing enough events to the same person that she's not winning so as right. long as she's at enough for the pro tour and the national tour I, I see her being there one question for you who are you most excited to watch this year um on either end not just like oh i'm always excited to see paul play but like who who are you excited to see play this year adam hammes that's 100%. a good pick you know my pick it's kind of weird because this is this would be like as if i was saying paul but i'm excited to see how rick plays this year it's it, it was weird last year not yeah. seeing him be Rick. I'm really excited to see if he can step it up and it be a, you know, almost like a, a Paul Adam Rickier. Because I don't think it's gonna be two anymore. I feel like it's we're getting to that place where like just two people ain't gonna cut it. Yeah. Um. So even if it's three or four people, I think I really want to see Rick up. To it's this definitely. Year. Yeah. I mean, disc golf is always at its most fun when there's like a rivalry like that. Yeah. Like if you go back to 2014 through 20. 18 really and uh, it was paul and rick yeah. like some of the best years of disc golf fall into that time mm-hmm. uh paul probably had one of the best years if he would have won uscgc probably the best <laughs> year of disc golf last year but he was battling with different players all throughout the year yeah there's just something not not that it's not as fun but it's just not as fun when you go into a tournament and you're like there's only one player that you think okay paul really has a chance at winning this hopefully someone else can challenge him yeah it's not as fun as it was when Paul and Ricky are going into this and it's like, man, we know it's going to come down to the final hole. Yeah. Like, this is going to be great. Even going to the final round, you're like, Ricky or Paul's down five. That means nothing. Type of thing. They just finished their drink in your sentence. Oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then for the women, I'm really excited to see. Um, I'm really excited to see. <laughs> you good? Yeah. That water um, went down the wrong pipe. I'm really excited to see Haley King play this year. I think it's going to be, uh, it's so, it's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm going to be great. If, from what I know, Evelina and Henna are going to be over here more this year yeah. than last oh, year. Oh, Henna too, because she's not. She hasn't been here. She's, N- they, she's higher. They are both here, kind of at the beginning of the year, and then kind of like they were kind of spotty. Last okay, year. so the three of them basically. Yeah, I'm excited to see Evelina more this year. Um, I'm hoping that she's <laughs> going to be here like fully touring, um, and I'm just excited to. I, I like watching her play. Yeah. No, I'm excited. All right. So the final tournament, USDGC. Who do you have? Uh, Chris Clements. I thought you. I saw a different name there. Oh, you have Orr. Okay, Chris Clements. That's a solid one. He, he. We saw him in the lead last year mm-hmm. for a decent amount of it. Um, I think it's a pretty lefty-friendly course. It is. It always has been. Yeah, which is why I'm picking Eagle McMahon. Okay. Not because it's lefty-friendly, but because that dude's forehand makes him like a lefty in a lot of ways. But he also has the backhand that on holes where Chris Clements is going to have to go forehand. To try to get some distance, Eagle can just throw his backhand where he's the probably the farthest or one of the farthest players throwers in the game. So now, before I look down and see everyone talking about how he broke his hand last year at USCGC, anything about that? You think that's going to play a role? Yeah, I think that he's fired up for it. That's why, like, that's part of the reason I picked him was he tasted victory last year. 
He was going to the final round. I think he was in the lead, or at least he was had a solid chance at winning. Um, and it was his own error that held him back from that. And I think that going, I'm a big believer that like when you go into a situation that you've been this close before and you can taste it and you can feel it, that kind of like resonates with you and you do everything in your power to not give it up again. That's why I picked Katrina to win worlds this year. And I think that's why I picked Eagle to win USDGC. Cause I think that's true. going back into that, knowing how bad it hurt them last year, I think that's going to give them an extra motivation that other players just won't have the same thing could be said of uh nico he made a huge storm back and he just had to sit there and watch the final card finish yeah. uh and the same could also be said for coaling uh big germ he also made a big storm in the, in the final round of uscgc last year but i think it's yeah. slightly different for eagle in that you know nico and coaling have have already tasted that this was eagle's first taste of like being this close to a uscgc title and he's i think he's going to want it even more this year and I think that's just going to, his broken hand just going to be, serve as motivation for it. Yeah. Someone said, well, Keaton said, Conrad's turnover game is terrifying, which I agree. That's why I'm saying it's lefty friendly because you can almost call Conrad freaking lefty with how he throws his, these turnover shots. The one I think thing, he's got the best turnover shot in the game. Oh, by far. Uh, the one thing that it, and I can't say it doesn't play well too because he has so much angle control, but the one thing that uh, Anheuser does not give him is the ability to skip inwards. Yes. If it hits if it hits on the wrong angle, instead of moving farther up a hill or farther into the hill, it could hit and cut Cover. roll the opposite way. He has such angle control that that hasn't been a problem, and he's right. throwing putters that are soft. So again, that hasn't been a problem. That's the only real disadvantage. But you know, yeah, his his turnover game makes him not like a lefty, but it gives him almost an advantage over the field in the fact that he can throw shots that like. No one else really even thinks to throw. That kind of is the way to put it. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. Before you leave, we have some foundation news. We got our first wave of Ledgestone discs on the website. Already not many left. No, I believe not, not that we're almost almost gone out of some of the stuff. Yeah. Um, already out of black zones. Um, there are some sick white ones left. Oh, the, white, the white were cool. Yeah. The uh, little uh, tip for you, if they're not sold out yet, because there was not very many of them. The 170 to 172 white zones that we got the sparkles in them are insane those were like the kind of like red white and blue sparkles, red white and blue sparkle yeah and they were like really full that's yeah, when the, we were the pulling them was i was full. like uh this is cool yeah um i don't know there was i think when i left today there was only one left so uh just a little uh it might already be gone but yeah and then the predators were nasty yeah a lot of the sick ones have been sold i uh, have they okay but there are i mean that was by far the swirliest was the predators um and the trackers were not far behind, or the meteors. They they were all yeah. three pretty well, pretty. And swirly. meteors are almost gone. I think we only have like three or four yeah. left. But there there is unless it's sold during this podcast, there is one really sick looking meteor. I think it's like blue and green or blue and orange, something like that. that got, I, I saw it today. A um, few came in, so they it might have gone. Yeah, but regardless, uh, that's know. wave one. Wave two, I think, will be here in a, a month or two. Um, yeah. And some of the discs that I'm more anticipating are in waves two and three. Um, for instance, like the. I think the glow, glow or crystal sparkle uh, vultures are in wave two or three, um, and stuff like that. Some of the stuff that I will probably end up blowing some money on to put in my bag. So I think the bangers are the color shift bangers are going to look pretty cool. Oh, that one I'm, I'm buying. For. I'm buying one of those. Yeah, I held out on the I held out on the titanium swirly bangers for the color shift. So as soon as they come in, I'm grabbing one because I threw a whatever the baseline 
banger is. I saw they have jawbreaker bangers. We don't have Do any they? on our on our site. That might be a relatively new thing. I just saw someone posting about them today. Um, but whatever the normal base, I think it's X soft X okay. banger. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one in my bag and I loved how it flew, but it just beat up too fast. And so having a color shift one, um, which I think is very similar to titanium, from what I understand, from what I can see, um, I'm excited to have that. So. And the stalkers, I forgot about those. Those are yeah. almost gone too. Yeah, the stalkers. I think they were one of the more hyped up discs for this release. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so exciting. There are still some of all of those on our site, um, and, and as yeah. well as these cups and some Birdie chalk bags. bags. Did yeah, you see my dog? Those. I did. Put my dog. In Someone there. tried to buy your dog. They commented asking how much for the dog. What on on, on his Facebook? Picture? Yeah. Did they really? Yeah. No. You I said. I said. Charlie is not for sale. <laughs> That's funny. Now, Hannah, you might be listening. Go check it out. I think she's probably listening. Um, oh, somebody might have just bought that. Uh. One of those discs you were talking about. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's podcast. Uh, Patreons, we will be live for our post-podcast Q&A. Um, we'll say 10 o'clock to be safe. Um, so if you're a Patreon, head over there. Um, not all the five-time Black Zones question just came in. Not all of them, but all the black on black on black he has. The white, um, crystal, white crystal zone is what the person bought because that's what you said. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, so patrons will be over there at 10 o'clock you were saying um, something about zones sorry i cut you off oh the black on black on black zones i answered it someone asked a question okay. about that uh so yeah thank you guys again for tuning <laughs> in thank you for listening if you're on uh spotify or itunes if you are able to you should join us on live on youtube because some of the stuff that we talk about does help to have visuals like the the grip explanation but um Regardless, we are very appreciative of you guys joining and spending your Wednesdays with us. Hannah says Charlie's not for sale. Yeah. Someone said, great dog, but he's a small snack for my 180-pounder. Holy. Yeah, Charlie weighs 12 pounds. So That's 100 pounds heavier than Nova. Yeah, and Nova's huge. This is his dog. Yeah, Nova's 80. All right. All right. Adios.